<sighs> After a long day of work and potty training our child, there's only one thing I want to do. What's that? Talk about comics. Yes. I'm Christina Edelman. And I'm Chris Edelman. And this is Chris's on Infinite Earths. The podcast where nothing will ever be the same. This week on Chris's on Infinite Earths, we are covering issues four and five of Secret Wars. If you missed the first two episodes, go back and take a listen before diving in. Yeah, this isn't going to really make a lot of sense unless you've read those issues or listened to our podcast. However, before we wanted to get into our customary issue summaries, we wanted to... uh, talk about a little podcast business. We wanted to thank all of you who subscribed, uh, followed us on Twitter, and anybody who gave us a shout out. Now remember, if you give us a uh, rating or review on iTunes, we'll shout you out on the show. All right. So without any further ado, issue four of Secret Wars. While the villains delight in their victory and destruction of the hero base, they spot the heroes escaping. Small attempts are made by the villains to stop them, but Molecule Man goes above and beyond to impress Volcana by depositing a ridiculously large mountain range on top of the unsuspecting heroes. Meanwhile, the Enchantress is attempting to seduce Thor when the earthquake caused by the moving of a mountain range interrupts their romance. The two return to what was once the hero base and the villains begin attacking Thor, who puts up a good fight but appears to be destroyed by Ultron. With the heroes seemingly out of the way, Doctor Doom commands Ultron to destroy Kang as well, due to Kang's prior attempt to kill Doctor Doom. The X-Men then arrive at Magneto's lair, where Magneto reveals his plan to win the Beyonder's game to earn his desire for peace between men and mutants. While he believes he's won the Wasps to his side, she turns against him, revealing she'd only been playing along to learn of his plan. She evades and stuns the X-Men and Magneto, then escapes, Professor X holding back to keep himself from becoming too villainous. Back under the mountain range, it appears the heroes are okay, thanks to Hulk holding up the entire mountain range. With some quick thinking and the use of several of the heroes' tech and powers, Mr. Fantastic augments Iron Man's suit, which becomes powerful enough to blast through. Once out of the mountain, the heroes discover Thor, who had merely used a flash of lightning to disappear from the villains. Temporarily safe, the heroes send Captain Marvel at light speed in search of a safe place for them to inhabit. Captain Marvel discovers a village at the foot of a mountain range upon which Galactus is standing. The heroes are greeted by wary villagers, but one villager, the town healer, welcomes them all and heals their injuries. While being healed, Johnny Storm, the human torch, seems to fall head over heels for the healer. While Ben Grimm and Mr. Fantastic discuss the presence of Galactus, Ben Grimm, much to his surprise, returns to the form of the thing. Mr. Fantastic suspects how, but says nothing. Then he notices Galactus moving and reacts in horror at the unseen result. So, Christy, what did you think of issue four of Secret Wars? It uh, was fantastically ridiculous in ways that I can really appreciate. Um, It was definitely incredibly over the top, even compared to what we've been used to from the previous issues. Yes. To start with, the cover of this issue. It's high drama at its best, and I really love it. Beneath 150 billion tons stands the Hulk. So I did some number crunching here. No, wait. You? You did number crunching? I know. (laughs) Mm. So, one ton, just to put this in perspective, for those of you who maybe don't remember your math so well, is 2,000 pounds, or just over 907 kilograms. So, 150 billion tons equals approximately the weight of 411,000 Empire State Buildings. Um, not 411,001 Empire State Buildings? No, 411,000. I think the Hulk would appreciate you being very precise. Oh, well, uh, for non-U.S. listeners, that's just over 136 billion metric tons. So, you know, metric tons, they're a little bit less. You know, we got to do, do that little bit of conversion there. 
for um, our non-U.S. listeners, we just converted a big number that's seemingly incredibly large to another big number that is seemingly incredibly large. It's really, really big. It's ridiculous. Did you miss the 411,000 Empire State Buildings? There will be more ridiculousness with this mountain range coming later. But let's go ahead and continue. Yeah, we've just gotten through the cover. Now, the big uh, page one is a is a splash, as customary in Secret Wars, and it's a big explosion. I love all of the big explosions in Secret Wars. We get so many. Um, but this big explosion is the destruction of the hero base. Yeah, and um, some somebody says, there, so much for the superheroes headquarters. But it's kind of pointing at the entire group of villains, so I'm not exactly sure who's talking. <laughs> Well, and we see we see a uh, molecule man with the arms outstretched there. See, and I thought that was the absorbing man with his arms outstretched. Well, didn't molecule man explode the base? He did. He definitely did. Yeah. So I think you're probably right. Although you don't yes. learn that until later. <laughs> So on our second page, the villains are searching through the wreckage and realize that the heroes have gotten away. Yes. uh, Volcana is also super impressed with Molecule Man uh, and all of his amazing work destroying the base. And can I just say, we've already established that Molecule Man can manipulate molecules, but it looked like on the last page it was a large explosion. So my question is, did Molecule Man just do that to be cool? Because if so, it worked. As opposed to what? Just, like, making it all disappear. Oh, yeah. Yeah, good point. He could have just atomized everything. I mean, he, he could have turned it all into cotton candy if he wanted. That's true. I feel like Owen Reese is not a, the most imaginative guy for being able to control molecules. He gets a little bit imaginative later on. Okay. <laughs> um. So, yeah, um, Owen's trying to get his Mac on with Volcana. Volcana is starting to really only exist to flirt with Owen Reese. Yeah, I guess she kind of does. But yeah, she's kind of just his lady. Right. Whereas um, Titania on this page is just incredibly mad and wants to go after the heroes. Who they spot escaping a distance away. Yeah, about five miles. According to Dr. Octopus. Mm -hmm. Uh, They've spotted the heroes escaping out of range and Titania, super upset, throws, just starts chucking debris at them. Huge, as like as heavy as she can pick up. Yeah, which is pretty heavy. Gotta be hundreds of times her size. It's huge. I mean, the entire fortress was however many pentagons, right? So it's gotta be pretty big. Right. It's like something that's like, quote, comically large. Huh? <laughs> um, it looks like it should just collapse. Like she just picks it up and it just falls apart around her. The wrecking crew starts throwing stuff and absorbing man starts to like chase them. Mm-hmm. But then Molecule Man, once again, showing off for Volcana, mm-hmm. he's, I can take care of them for sure. Yes. And on the next page, he picks up an entire mountain range. Okay. So, which gets to the the spoilers from the cover. We kind of know what's going to happen here. But this is a huge mountain range. They're going to tell you about how huge it is in a little bit. But we flash back a little bit here to the heroes, their uh, actual escaping. Uh, they notice they have everybody except for Thor and the X-Men. Right. Was, as if you remember from the last issue you already accounted for, Thor has disappeared with Enchantress and the X-Men have gone to join Magneto. Mm-hmm. Then the debris just starts falling on the heroes that is being chucked at them by uh, the villains. Right. But quickly Hawkeye intercepts the first bit with an explosive arrow. And then Iron Man blasts the remaining two pieces so they fall even further apart. Mm-hmm. He does it with his sophisticated microcomputers guiding his arm using his palm-mounted repulsor beams. Yes, it's all very nice and flowery. (laughs) (laughs) I kind of love, uh, there's a little bit here where Iron Man catches Captain Marvel in this whole process, or he was carrying her away, and he does all, he explodes it while carrying Captain Marvel. Somebody remarks, like, how great that was, and he- It was Hulk. Yeah. And Iron Man uh, says, I never drop talent like this, my man. I kept wondering if that was like kind of like a come on. Is talent like something you would call someone that you thought was pretty? Or is he just being a professional because Captain Marvel is a very talented superhero? Yeah, she goes at like the speed of light 
everywhere, which will be very useful in a little bit. Okay, so it gets a little bit ridiculous here in its description of the mountain range. They describe it as a mountain range which would dwarf the Andes. So for some perspective here, the Andes mountain range is the world's longest mountain range. It is about 4,500 miles, or that's 7,242 kilometers long. Okay, mm-hmm. to put that in perspective, it's only 2,800 miles from New York to LA. So it's nearly double the length from one end to the other of the continental United States. My goodness. Square footage, okay, it's only about 124 miles wide. So it's not super wide, but that still gives it about 558,000 miles in area. Now, more perspective here. That is nearly the size of Alaska. It is as big as three and a half Californias. That's pretty big. But again, I I feel like this is one thing that Secret Wars does like to a ridiculous degree. They don't give you like they just say something's huge, but it feels like it's very hard to get a sense of scale. Well, when you say that it dwarfs the Andes, I've got some scale for you right there. Well, it's kind of it's kind of tell don't show. I mean, it it looks pretty huge. They're a tiny little speck under that. Right. It's it's just it's like it's, so it's big. It it's is so, so big. big. Hulk is holding Alaska. Yeah, but I've never been just, to Alaska. It's big. I know it's big. It's just Secret Wars is it's just as big as two Texases. <laughs> How many Rhode Islands is that? More than I care to figure out. <laughs> <laughs> I just I feel like that's one thing the story does kind of not super well is it just tells you that there's huge things and it's like it's huge it's so huge it's city sized it's andy's mountain sized it's well i actually think that's fascinating okay i i mean because it's it is really how else can you convey something that massive now it's unbelievably massive a little bit to me (laughs) well owen reese is the master of molecules um i really like on this page captain america's face it is the face of a man who's about to have an entire mountain range dropped on him. <laughs> it's like a it's like a I shouldn't have gotten out of bed today kind of face. See, but with a mountain range that huge, he wouldn't even realize it's a mountain range. He would just see it would like block like just out darkness. The sky. It would block out the sun. He could see nothing except this massive darkness just over him that right. then falls on them. So. So that's that's the end of this whole comics crossover. The heroes are done. Done. They're all squished except yep. for Thor and the X-Men. Man, what should we do next week? <laughs> so the villains are rejoicing in Volcanoes fawning over Molecule Man. I think you're wonderful, Owen. So she's in her plasma form. I guess she can just touch people in her plasma form and not burn them to a crisp. You know, I, I guess if she wants to. Yep. I mean, oh, but he's also the master of molecules. He could, you know, he could create some sort of cool barrier there if he wanted to put it or he'd just repair his wait no he can't he can't manipulate human christy's right ahead guys that's just his powers i know uh (laughs) all right so then uh dr doom is skeptical however that the heroes are actually destroyed his mask looks skeptical in this <laughs> panel he's kind of got a little frowny face so we also get uh the enchantress attempting to seduce thor they're just having a nice lounge eating almost like they look like they're having a little picnic lunch mm-hmm. so for millennia she says she has desired him Imagine imagine desiring someone for a millennia. Well, you know, they say how when you get old, time just seems to go by faster. I bet that first millennia was tough, but like after <laughs> that, it probably seemed to go by in a flash. Well, she even thought about making him forcibly love her. Which is the best way to get someone to, to reciprocate your love is when you say, I was going to force you to love me. <laughs> oh. And Thor's response is um, basically talking about how if Enchantress wants to be beautiful and desired, she must be good. She must do good. Right. And Enchantress says, well, if you kiss me, I could maybe try to be good. <laughs> and he's kind of he's leaning in a little. <laughs> Thor's not necessarily the, the sharpest 
tack in the drawer. <laughs> but they're interrupted by a massive earthquake, which seems unrelated to anything we've talked about previously in this issue. I'm kidding. It's totally <laughs> that mountain range. <laughs> yeah, when you relocate an entire mountain range that dwarfs the Andes. I feel like we should have some damage, like, worldwide. When you drop a mountain range yeah, on someone? Yeah, it's an earthquake worldwide. But yeah, there should definitely be... It's They only seem like, oh, we're a little shaken <laughs> up. Yeah, just like, boom. So they go ahead and head back to where the hero's fortress used to be. Um, but they show up in the middle of the villains. Yep. Um, I forgot that that's where the heroes used to be. In my mind, it was Enchantress leading him into a trap. But you're you're totally right in that it was... Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because the Enchantress seems kind of not okay with everything that happens here. Thor uh, demands answers from Doctor Doom, but uh, Doctor Doom simply says the heroes are killed and Thor should surrender. And Thor's like, nope, never gonna happen. <laughs> and he kind of gives a glance to the Enchantress here, who, like, hey, you gonna be good here, like we just talked about? Well, they say, like, 13 to 1, and he's like, well, perhaps. And then she's like, nope, totally, yep, gonna be 13 to 1, turning my back and walking off. Right. So she doesn't join in in this attack, but she doesn't help him either. Yeah, with the battle cry of, enough talk, let's ace the sucker. (laughs) And Absorbing Man and all the rest of them run in. And then we have a really cool fight scene of Thor taking on all of the villains. Yeah, and he does does pretty good there for a bit. Uh, He throws Mjolnir. You got it! Yes! (laughs) He throws Mjolnir at... Oh, was that? Yeah, Mjolnir at yeah. Ultron. It sounds so weird coming out of my mouth. <laughs> <Don't mean it. laughs> uh, Titania then says he shouldn't have done that because she's going to kill him. And I love this line that Thor responds to her with, Mayhap, woman, when icicles ornament Surtur's fiery realm. Yep, Surtur is a... Is a, is a fiery demon and a longtime Thor enemy. Oh, <laughs> I've actually been reading the comics that Surtur first showed up in recently. So I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. I know this guy. Well, I looked it up. <laughs> <laughs> and then he whops her and she goes flying. Mm-hmm. So the villains are kind of holding him down, but Mjolnir returns and Absorbing Man um, absorbs the properties of the destroyed fortress, but then is blocked by Thor's hammer. Yep, that comes back. Then Thor um, smashes them all with a hammer and they all get flung back. And then he starts unleashing the power of a lightning storm. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dr. Doom and Ultron are unaffected, however, uh, by this lightning storm, it appears. Right. Like they're struck by it, but it, it's really not um, bothering him. Do you wonder if what was uh, drawn in the in this particular panel is maybe not quite in sync with the dialogue cuz it like it, they are totally just fine with the lightning storm but it doesn't seem to explain it in the panel itself it well, just he says that Ultron has an invulnerable robot body I guess maybe Doctor Doom already had a sweet invulnerable armor and he just doesn't mention that cuz he's just standing there like it's tickling him Mhm So they seem to be taking it all right, which is a little strange. Like, maybe it makes sense for Ultron. Eh, He's he's Doctor Doom. He's... He's whatever. Mm -hmm. He just does what he wants. Well, then Doctor Doom, um, in true villain explainy fashion, talks about a new weapon that he's given Ultron, which is, long story short... It's a a disintegrator energy beam, basically. (laughs) Basically. (laughs) Which then he disintegrates Thor with. Leaving yeah. only his helmet. And a little bit of his cape. Just a, just enough. Just the, enough cape. The Enchantress seems super bummed. But really, lady, what do you think was going to happen? You, maybe she thought he'd be able to take on all 13 and then they'd go chill. <laughs> maybe get that kissing. Maybe get that, that sweet, sweet smooching. But yeah, so it looks like the villains beat Thor. Mm-hmm. So now Thor is down. Now the rest of the heroes are down. Doctor Doom's like, well, we took care of all of our big problems. So now I need to deal with basically the traitor. That's right. Um, and then Ultron disintegrates the one who tried to blow Doom's ship up back in issue one. Uh, yeah. So he, yeah, Doom has Ultron slay Kang, basically. Pew! Yep, He's Kang's gone. gone. 
Never, yeah. never see him again. Definitely not in this crossover event. Mm. Uh, if in case you guys don't know, Kang is a time traveler, and he just always seems to be coming back. <laughs> so now we go check out the X Men. They're on a special psionically powered vehicle. Yes, they've boarded the vehicle that Professor Xavier discovered last issue. Was He was like, this is a psionic vehicle. I just know this. And they just <laughs> got on it. Colossus is thinking about Kitty Pride. So we need to talk a little bit guys, about the creepiness of this relationship. So when Kitty Pride debuted in 1980... She was repeatedly stated to be only 14 years old, while yes. Colossus was at least 18, maybe 19. Mm-hmm. So majorly creepy relationship going on here. Right, and comics don't age in real time. So even though this was in 1984, Kitty wasn't suddenly 18. I don't even think she turned 16 yet in Marvel years. Right, so she's still super underage for this adult man. Yeah, it's real weird. It's funny because, like, other than this, I love Colossus. I feel like he has this really, like, he has this personality that I I kind of gel with. Mm-hmm. But, ooh, it's hard to get over that. Yeah, and he's daydreaming, daydreaming about Kitty Pride, and everybody's forgotten about Lockheed. Christy is definitely on the forefront of the Lockheed needs to be here committee. He'd be doing some awesome things. He's a little dragon. He'd be making little fires. I mean, why bring him in if you're just going to forget about him? Right. So Professor Xavier had just uh, complimented Storm for helping them because she made some favorable wins. And Rogue is uh, remembering that not long ago she might have actually been on Doom's side. And she kind of questions her loyalty to the X-Men. Yeah, she debuted as a bad guy. and We've discussed that, yeah. Yeah, she's... I think even now in comics, she has like trouble shaking it, even though she's been a good guy for so much longer than she's been a bad guy. Right. And Wolverine's just ready to to rip it up. Mm-hmm. I mean, he, he tells Nightcrawler that he has to hold back all the time when he fights and really just wants to be able to let loose. Yeah. Professor X also seems a little bit troubled by the fact that he erased uh, Spidey's memory. Yeah. Professor Xavier erases lots of people's memories and then feels bad about it. Mm-hmm. He has some some real um real poor telepathy recidivism. So they find Magneto's fortress on the weird brain ground uh, <laughs> that we saw before. It's like a smoking crater of brain ground. Yeah, you know if if pasta was pink, if, <laughs> if pasta was pink and huge, <laughs> huge pink pasta, <laughs> the biggest pink pasta, pasta that dwarfed the Andes, <laughs> pasta that dwarfed the Andes. <laughs> um so we cut to magneto who is focusing all of his power and all of his energy to make a hairbrush a hairbrush (laughs) for wasp so yeah it really looks like he's about to do something terrible but he's just really focusing to make her a hairbrush yeah um and Wasp has her real socialite kind of moment of, goodness, you really discover the things you take for granted when Bergdorf Goodman's is a billion zillion miles away. <laughs> uh, readers, you didn't see this, but Christy was kind of doing a funny movement and priming her hair. Uh-huh. You gotta do some hair foof. So, yes, all of that magneto power to make her a comb. Um, uh, I do love that this place apparently has no plumbing. Yeah, no bathrooms. Nope, so they're, where are they pooping? <laughs> <laughs> you went right for the... Okay. <laughs> I'm sorry, potty training's just really on the brain today. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> oh. So, uh, and then the X-Men show up here to join forces. Um, I do love that Wolverine comes in. Got any cold beer, Maggie? <laughs> Because they've been, um, Magneto's been really um, digging on that fruit nectar that this alien race just had sitting yeah, around. Yeah, yeah. Okay, to everybody out there, from your friendly biologist, Chris, it is highly unlikely that if you ever go to an alien world that the juice will be compatible with your biochemistry, so please do not drink it. Bring your own bottled water. Mm-hmm. Or beer. Or beer for Wolverine, in case he's there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Magneto begins spelling out why they must defeat the villains, um, which for him, remember, it's slay your enemies and all that you desire shall be yours. And so all that he desires is peace on Earth between 
mutants and men. Yeah. Which seems like a pretty noble goal. True, but he's totally going to have to murder some dudes to get it. <laughs> uh, ends and means. Yep. Well, then it's, it turns out that Wasp... Yeah, Magneto says, we must fight to the death and win. Janet agrees with me, don't you, dear? And she says, you know, Mag, you're a pompous, overbearing jerk. Cute, though. Did you really think I'd ever consider going along with your sick plans? I've just been playing along to find out what you're up to. It's pretty great. Yeah, she calls him the most evil scum since Hitler. Which, considering that he is a Holocaust victim, is maybe a little problematic. Yeah, a little bit in poor taste there, Wasp. (laughs) But he did kidnap you and try to seduce you. Yeah, he's not a good guy. But he did make you a comb. (laughs) (laughs) Let's really put that on the scale. (laughs) Um, So then she shrinks and is ready to peace out. Mm-hmm. She's blasting the X-Men with her little um, her little stingy bursts. So how, do you think Jim Shooter just didn't like the X-Men because they get pwned like a billion times? They do. They do. And she even notes that she's using not full power bioelectric stings. She's toning it down. Everybody's holding back in this crossover. Wolverine's like, I gotta hold back. The Hulk's like, I'm always holding back. And even the Wasp is like, I'm holding back. Mm-hmm. But the X-Men pretty much chalk up their defeat due to lack of teamwork. Which, from the X-Men, sounds ridiculous because that's literally their thing. Right. But then Wasp gets in a ship and flies off. And Magneto wants to just crush the vehicle, but Professor X stops him and says that he could have easily telepathically stopped her, but he didn't. Because he didn't want to be like Doom or Hitler. Or Hitler. Hitler, like, twice in three pages. Right. We gotta gotta calm it down. (laughs) Um, he was, he's feeling a little remorse for messing with Spider-Man, it seems. Yeah, yeah. So, then we have seen up on the mountain range, and from beneath it, I love that we have, how about a little light? It's just a completely black panel. It's so good. And then Captain Marvel turns into a little bit of light energy to give everybody light. And we have the Hulk, who is making, like, a little hole for everybody that the mountain range is threatening yeah. to crush. He- He's holding the whole thing up. It, Iron Man says there must easily be two miles or 3.2 kilometers of <laughs> rock above them. Now, Andes, I wanted to point out, at their tallest are over four miles tall. So it's not as tall as the Andes Mountains. Well, Iron Man's just given an estimate. Uh, yeah. but I mean, I feel like when you're under more than like 100 feet of rock, you're like, you were under 1,200 miles of rock and you really wouldn't know. Right. So, and Hulk notes that he's only bracing the mountains. Yeah, he can't actually lift it. He's only bracing it. So he's just keeping it from crushing him. He's got no way to lift it up. And he says, I can only do this for a couple moments and then we're all dead. So they rouse um, Reed Richards, you know, smartest man on earth, supposedly. Mm -hmm. And he starts to MacGyver a solution. (laughs) Right. He... His plan involves, like, Iron Man's suit, Hawkeye's arrows, and Spider-Man's web shooters. He takes them all, like, cannibalizes them. And then he starts insulting the Hulk, because Reed Richards loves to explain what he's doing when he's doing smart stuff. Mm -hmm. And the Hulk gets a little mad and is saying, like, shut up, Richards, you know that I'm losing my intellect. And he says back, like, well, yeah, you are. You're just a dumb brute. And it makes the Hulk super mad and he's like, if I wasn't what holding happens, this up... What happens when the Hulk gets angry? First, got to actually blow the blow this popsicle stand. <laughs> so it turns out what Reed is making are these little conduits that feed into Iron Man's suit that if you add energy to, make like a lot of, like a lot more energy, I guess. Right. So basically, he develops something to harness Captain Marvel and the Human Torch's energy and channel that into Iron Man's suit, and through Iron Man's suit, um, all that energy channels and just blasts through a mountain. Now, why all three just couldn't have all done it at the same time? No, the, the, te- the technology helped. It, 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 sure. It's a concentrated it's beam of... Synergistic concentrated beam. Sure thing. Yep. Synergy. <laughs> synergy uh, business. Winergy. Winergy. <laughs> Um, and then it just blows a giant hole on the side of this mountain range. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Thor had apparently been attempting to dig them out 
Uh, they know that it's like, oh, yeah, we thought we heard some tapping. And Thor's like, those were my mightiest blows. I know. Thor takes a little hit for, for the confidence there. Um, so it turned out that the reason why Reed was trying to make the Hulk super mad. You may have suspected is. You won't like him when he's angry. Right. He gets stronger. It keeps him. It keeps his strength up. Yeah. So um, you just if you just put down the Hulk, he just gets stronger. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If you ever need the Hulk to help you move, just. Tell him what a dumb brood he is the entire time. I mean, he might break your furniture, but it'll get moved. <laughs> it'll get, it'll get moved somewhere. <laughs> so now they send Captain Marvel out to scout for um, a place for them to stay, some shelter of some kind. Mm-hmm. And of course they send Captain Marvel because she can travel at the speed of light. Nobody so she... else can do that on their team. Right. She sees pretty much everything. She first comes upon a village and she's like, oh, there's like innocent victims here. That probably wouldn't be a good place for us to be. And then, which is the first time we see that there's non-combatants on Battle World. Yeah, I was actually surprised about that. For some reason, when they came to Battle World, my thought was, oh, this is probably a giant uninhabited place. Mm-hmm. Right, because we have a lot, we had the uninhabited fortress, all sorts of vehicles and stuff, and we hadn't seen anybody. This is the first time we're seeing people outside of Volcana and Titania who just happened to show up. Right. It's interesting that the all the giant fortresses that aliens apparently owned at one point are abandoned, except for this village. Right. That's kind of curious. It, there wind up being some other places, too. Mm-hmm. She sees Doom's base, but then decides that the village is probably their best bet. Yeah, which is unfortunate. It's right under Galactus. Yeah, so Galactus is standing on top of this peak, and the village is like right at the base of the peak where Galactus is standing. Right. So those villages or villagers are already pretty freaked out. And then all of these heroes arrive. Right. And a lot of the villagers are kind of like yelling at them to not come any closer, except for a young woman mm-hmm. who seems to be, I don't know if it's a leader or what, but she has healing she, power. Yeah, she seems to speak on their behalf. She takes them in. Then yep. she heals She-Hulk and the Human Torch. Mm-hmm. And Torch seems to immediately fall for the healer he says wow i think i'm in love baby i'll tumble for you with four with the number four yes uh johnny storm whenever he sends you a text the number four always replaces (laughs) for ben Grimm, no longer in uh the thing form remember he's he's in regular human form um talks to mr fantastic about galactus um and Reed Richards says if Galactus had cared about them, it really wouldn't matter how close or far they were from him. So it's really not a big deal that they're in the village right by him. Right. Because Galactus is so powerful, it wouldn't matter where they were. Ben Grimm turns back into the thing. Yeah. So a little bit of backstory here. Previously, Hulk's gamma radiation had permanently turned Ben Grimm into his human form. This had, this had happened... Um, while back and he was replaced by Luke Cage in the Fantastic Four for a little bit until Reed Richards built him just basically a suit to fight in that gave him all the same powers. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Galactus later switched Ben Grimm back to the thing as punishment for something that he'd done. So this is not the first time Ben Grimm has been back and forth, but he um, rightfully has some fear of Galactus. I've read the first 60 issues of Fantastic Four. Ben Grimm turns back and forth at least four times, just in those issues. Yeah, this is this is not the first time that it's happened. Definitely but not the last time. Mr. Fantastic says he doesn't know why, but in a thought bubble, he reveals that he kind of has a suspicion, and it's not good news. And it never really gets addressed in the rest of Secret Wars what the suspicion is. But in previous e- issues of the Fantastic Four, Reed Richards had basically concluded that Ben Grimm could always control his form, okay. but had some mental blocks that kept him from doing so. Oh. So then uh, Mr. Fantastic's missing and worrying about Sue Storm, and then... Uh, Galactus raises his hands up toward the sky and does something that Mr. Fantastic is very startled about. He says, oh, no, no! And that's where we end. Issue end. Accolades! Accolades! So, uh, Christy, what are your accolades this week? So... Best line, first up. 
I love Thor's line, Away, varlets! Thy touch offends me! Well, Christy, we have a daily double. Really? My best line is, Away, varlets! Thy touch offends me! (laughs) Um, Thor's just so flowery, and that one is so good. Yep. Um, it was just, it's like some comic lines that I just eat up. Um, nom, 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 nom. Mm, so tasty. <laughs> That's so funny. Out of all of the lines, I didn't think, okay, cool. Yep. All right. So greatest hero. Who is your greatest hero? My greatest hero is the Wasp for her great escape and completely schooling the X-Men in style. Mm-hmm. That is kind of, I guess, what I'd given Spider-Man his greatest hero award for last time. Yeah. But this time... I'm giving the award to Reed Richards. Oh, for getting Mr. Them. Fantastic. For using his brain to get everybody out from under the mountain alive. Yeah. Reed is really good for doing some haughty thinking. All right. So coolest moment. My coolest moment is the specifically the panel where Iron Man blows apart the mountain with the giant, like, Cthum or something. Okay. So this is kind of a reverse. So your greatest hero was the Wasp, and your coolest moment is this destruction of the mountain. Right. My greatest hero was Reed Richards for his role in destroying the mountain, but my coolest moment was the Wasp escaping from oh. Magneto and the X-Men. So we both enjoyed some similar moments there. We did. What about Crusher Creel Award for Silly Villainy? Um, it has to be Doctor Doom, who I feel like is going to be a many-time winner, for explaining his disintegration beam. <laughs> As he was using it to Thor. I loved Magneto creating the comb for Wasp. <laughs> that was some... It wasn't super villainous, it but it was vi- very silly. Yes. <laughs> so are we ready to go on to issue five? Issue five of Secret Wars. Galactus Home, an unimaginably large space station, arrives in the space around Battleworld. Terrified, the healer convinces Johnny to inhale some vapors so she can read his memories to understand what is going on. Through this experience, Johnny learns her name, Jaji, and the two fall inexplicably in love. Meanwhile, Colossus is daydreaming about Kitty Pride, only to be summoned by Professor X. The X-Men are shocked by Galactus's home and begin to formulate a plan. At Doombase, as the villains bicker among themselves, they notice Galactus home and are terrified. Dr. Doom, however, seems pleased as this is all according to his plan. The Enchantress begs Dr. Doom to help her escape from Battleworld, but he is not persuaded and tells her to follow her orders. Attempts by the X-Men team and Captain America's team to get Galactus's attention only annoy him. Galactus then sends a huge blast at the X-Men base and a robot to attack Captain America's team. Though they manage to defeat the robot, they are soon after attacked by the villains. The villains seem to be getting the better of Cap's team, even with their teamwork, when the X-Men arrive to save the day. While Galactus is momentarily distracted by the battle, Dr. Doom sneaks onto Galactus' spaceship home. At the end of the battle, the X-Men leave behind a wounded Colossus who Professor X thinks will be better off in the hands of the village healer. Upon meeting the healer, Zhaji, Colossus is immediately smitten, forgetting Kitty Pride. On Galactus' home, Dr. Doom searches for something to make him more powerful than Galactus, and seems to find something quite surprising. All right, so a lot of issue five seems to be people kind of all reacting to the same thing. Right. At the end of the last issue, we have that big, oh no, of Galactus has done something. This whole time he's been standing on that peak and nobody knew what was going on. And then suddenly his home is there, which it's huge. It as big as a solar system, I think they say. Yeah, remember when I talked about uh, <laughs> sense of scale and superlatives? Secret Wars has got them. Uh, yeah, so the first page is another splash of all the heroes just kind of looking on in shock as Galactus's giant world-eating home shows up. Um, Galactus's home is where all of his like kind of world-eating equipment is. Yeah, uh, his home kind of looks like 
an M.C. Escher drawing to me. It just has all these weird and ridiculous curves. It's kind of tube-like all throughout. Yeah, it's sort of. It's not like a spherical, like it's not flying saucer style at all. It's just got these ridiculous, like long tunnels and stuff. See, to me, it kind of looks like the 3D projection of like um, a benzene ring. Which is some real chemistry crap. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure all of our listeners know exactly what a 3D projection of a benzene ring looks like. Hey, look it up, nerds. <laughs> uh, Mr. Fantastic remarks that it must have been summoned from the other side of the universe. So um, Galactus pulled an Accio firebolt here and just waited for... It just took a while. It just it took him a long time. This whole station is bigger than Battleworld and the sun that is near battle world it's it's huge it's a uh, very very large now the the human torch johnny just tries to calm down the healer but you know of course they speak different languages and they can't communicate her language is represented with these kind of fun squiggles that i really enjoy now one thing that i thought was kind of interesting uh, the the this village you kind of have to imagine they look a little bit like the population of the cartoon movie Atlantis. Yeah, that's definitely true. Tan skin, white hair, and in the last issue, they had yellow eyes. Now they're white. They've decided to forego the yellow eyes. They were kind of like yellow cat eyes. And they're still kind of cat-like, but they're white eyes. So we've got these exotic, you know, they're, they're all wearing like robes uh, as well, kind of almost kimono-looking robes. But they still generally look pretty human. Right, right. But they, of course, can in no way communicate. So Zhaji, oh, we we haven't discovered her name yet. The healer. Yes. Just drags Johnny into her home and is like, here, <laughs> inhale these vapors with me. Hey, do drugs with me. <laughs> That's kind of what it seems like. And it's like, Johnny, geez, don't do drugs. But it turns out, in this case, it turns out, I guess all right. <laughs> uh, this issue of Secret War is teaching you that if strange people drag you into their home and uh, offer to do drugs with you, that yeah, it's it's about time. So now we just get uh, some recap. Right, because this vapor, apparently when they inhaled it, it links their minds together and she can basically read his mind and all of these past experiences. So it kind of recaps everything that's gone on so far in Secret Wars. Not his whole life story, just what's going it's on. It's very specific vapor that leads back to the first issue of Secret Wars and no <laughs> further. Um, so yeah, we get the these panels of just all of the faces of the heroes and little names and sometimes somewhat descriptions. And then same thing with the the villains. And then it talks about the formation of Battle World, and it goes through some of the battles they've had, and the Hulk lifting the mountain, and then suddenly she can kind of speak English. Well, uh, not really. No, she says Johnny. She learns his name. So she gets all of this from Johnny, and from this, he happens, we don't see that he's gained any memories or anything from her, just her name, which is... Zhaji. Zhaji. And then they kiss. Yeah. She's like, those memories are sweet. Let's make out. Yeah. He's like, I love you too. <laughs> Johnny falls very quickly in love. That's actually, that's very true. <laughs> um, in one of the Fantastic Four issues I read, it was like four pages in and he was madly in love with an inhuman girl. Mm-hmm. Yep. So then we get this picture of Colossus just like lounging like beefcake lounging he's like oh, i'm just sitting here with all these muscles mm -hmm. it's like if you imagine like an art student like having a model pose for them like this would be like the ideal because he's got all of these muscles and all these intricacies to draw which is funny because colossus himself is actually an artist oh yeah there's many uh uh x-men issues of him where he's painting somebody or painting something but what is he doing Daydreaming about Kitty, mm -hmm. who he says, and I quote, all of my big plans for us for a few years from now when you are old enough. That is something I took note of, too, because, oh, my gosh. There's literally oh. a little thing of, like, Kitty, like, shifting into an older woman in his daydreams. Right. His daydreams of them making out. When she's older. He's like, I'm really into this girl, but I'm going to think about her when she's older so it's not creepy. <laughs> 
So, yeah, all that creepiness going on, and then suddenly we have Professor X just bursting into his head, like, summoning him. <laughs> he does a lot of that. And everybody's like, man, the professor's just really loud, and the professor really doesn't work on that. He needs to. Mm-hmm. You can't be that mean to your students. And your teammates. So we go uh, to the X-Men who have all shown up um, to Professor Xavier's summons. Magneto seems really impressed with how quick they responded and, like, compliments Professor X. Yeah, saying you have trained them well, like, kind of in the way that you'd say it about someone training their dogs. Yeah, really, really. But then Professor X is like, well, not quite quick enough. Yeah, what crawled up his butt recently? So apparently none of them have looked at a window because they just opened the dome of their fortress to reveal Galactus's ship. And Professor X, he he didn't notice this by looking out the window. He says he realized it was there because he happened to be reading Reed Richards' mind. Professor Xavier, what is your deal, my dude? You could get the same information looking out the window. I know, but then he's got to move. He's just is he just sitting going and poking around everybody's mind on Battle World? Like... Maybe it's just an accident. He's just so used to it. It just it just happens. <sighs> so one thing that's kind of blowing my mind, Galactus's ship is supposedly bigger than a solar system, right? Yeah. Would it not be blocking out the entire sky? You would think. Like you can kind of see the individual tubes. Maybe it's just like the borders of it are bigger than a solar system. I don't... Still though. Right? You'd think you wouldn't even be able to see the sun. You'd think you'd just see, like, the white of the... Like, if a moon can eclipse the sun... Yeah. What What would a space station the size of a solar system do? I don't know. Do you have a watch party in place uh, next month when Galactus's spaceship is going to eclipse everything? <laughs> and eat the world? <laughs> and eat the world. Um, so Magneto orders the X-Men to prepare a ship, um, but Wolverine questions Magneto giving the orders, then Storm, hey, like, just as a reminder, hey, I'm the leader of the X-Men. And everybody's like, nobody cares, Storm. Right, Cyclops, like, kind of gives an affirmative there, but then he thinks to himself that maybe he should be the leader instead? Right, but then Professor X is like, nope, I'm the leader this time. Why can't anybody trust a female leader in Secret Wars? We couldn't trust Wasp. We couldn't trust Storm. It's because to some extent in Secret Wars, it seems like it's trying to pull as much of a reset to the beginning of Marvel Comics. Yes, Professor X declares that he is now in charge because he says so. And he warns Magneto not to be imperious. Being that way exactly himself. Yes! <laughs> Such a hypocrite! Yeah, it's ridiculous. So at Doom Base, the villains are swapping some of their backstories. This is this is so good. Thunderball and Crusher Creel are explaining the origins of their balls with chains. Right. And Crusher Kirill was talking about how he busted up some guards' heads and they gave him that to slow him down. And then he just started whopping him with the ball and chain that was on his own leg. And Thunderball just goes, mine's a wrecking ball. (laughs) (laughs) This is the greatest thing ever. No part of this issue is better to me than them explaining the origin stories of their ball and chains. (laughs) It's so good. And then we have Volcana and Molecule Man strolling together, arm in arm. And Pile Driver takes the opportunity to be a real jerk. Yeah. And he says, hey, here comes the Milksop and his cow, Romeo and Guernsey. And Guernsey is a type of cow. Yeah. So, so just calls her a cow twice. Yeah. Not not cool. Not cool, pile driver. Volcana is naturally upset, but Molecule Man is like, oh, just brush it off. But then, apparently, calling her a cow wasn't enough, but pile driver calls them Ms. and Mr. Nerd. And calling Molecule Man a nerd was enough to make him lose it. That's the straw that broke the camel's back. Mm -hmm. So then he activates his Molecule powers. Um, But then we kind of cut over to Titania for a sec. Yeah, she's looking in at that conflict as Volcana smacks Piledriver and just kind of kind of looking down on her cozying up to Molecule Man. Right, but then she still kind of wants to see the fight. Right. And Piledriver calls Volcana a filthy fat bag. For one, 
She's not fat. For two, that's really mean. No, Volcana's like a is like a tall supermodel type. She's like taller than Owen Reese, and she's really kind of curvy superhero. Curvy and buff, like does not look like somebody you would want to upset. Right. Although even if she was a lady of size, he shouldn't have been so mean. Right. As Pile Driver talks about what he's going to do about it, Molecule Man says, "You're not going to do anything about it because." I'm the most powerful man in the universe. Yeah, and um, Pile Driver is expecting some assistance from his pals, and they basically just turn around. Oh, no, and... yeah, the wrecking crew and absorbing man are like, no way. Right. And so then Owen Reese turns the molecules of Pile Driver's suit into like a super ultra hard metal. Right. So presumably he probably can't even like breathe or anything. Right. While he's he in just this. falls over into the mud. Like, and face mo- first. Yeah, sh- Molecule Man shoves him in the mud, like, knocks him over into the mud. And then Volcano steps on the back of his head to shove his face further into the mud. Right. And then the two of them leave after Molecule Man looks at his friends and is basically like, do you want any of this? And they're like, nope. And he's like, you mean, sir. So we have, like, the first time here that Molecule Man's getting really creative with his Molecule powers. He creates a chariot, a flying chariot, for he and Volcana to just be whisked away on. Yeah, they just... <laughs> we just crushed this guy's face into the mud. All right, flying chariot time. Titania rips this tree out because it looks like she was maybe going to throw it after the, the chariot, or she was just doing it because she was mad because she thinks everybody else was a coward and that she would have just she ripped up. Yeah, she would have shown that Molecule Man who was boss. Right. Meanwhile, everybody else is getting Pile Driver out of that metallic armored su- substance. Mm-hmm. With uh, I think the Wrecker uses his big old crowbar. Right. And then they all see a Galactus ship arrive. Right. And Doom knew that it was coming. It, it, it comes to Doctor Doom now, and Doctor Doom's like, oh, I knew Galactus's ship was going to show up sooner rather than later. Mm-hmm. And that's all according to his plan. Right. Speaking of according to his plan... The Enchantress comes to have a word with Dr. Doom. Mm-hmm. Basically, her whole problem with this is she's immortal and super powerful. So she feels like she's got nothing to gain from being here. The Beyonder says, all you desire shall be yours. And her thought is basically, I have all that I desire. I don't want to be here. The odds are too great against me. Well, I kind of wonder. I've, I've got a little theory here. The one thing she seemed to desire prior to this issue was Thor. However, they quote-unquote disintegrated Thor. Oh, she doesn't... uh, So now she's she's already got everything else she wants. Right, and the thing that she desired is now poof. Yep. Mmm, I like that theory. But she tries to beg and plead with Dr. Doom. She tries to seduce him. That doesn't work. She talks about restoring his face. Mm Mm-hmm. So Dr. Doom... If you didn't know this, he, you know, he wears a metal suit, but he wears a metal face mask as well. And that is for a few reasons. Uh, first off, he has he has some backstory of he, he was trying to make this invention to go and save his mother who, but it, it explodes. It scars his face only a little bit. Yep. And, but then he goes and he creates this whole metal suit and he tells him, put it on his face while it's still hot to scar him either even further is like some sort of weird i don't it's strange it is strange there's there's kind of theories on how scarred he is and it, it goes from writer to writer depending um you do see what his face looks like in secret in another secret wars secret wars 2015 <laughs> and it's it's definitely pretty scarred up although there was a theory for a while that he maybe only had like a scratch on his face and that he was just so vain. Mm. He's almost a little bit tempted by this offer, but he doesn't encha- trust the Enchantress. He doesn't really seem to trust sorcery in general. Like, kind of has the thought it always comes with a price or a hidden cost. Right. So he basically says, like, no, we're doing things according to plan. So she vows that he'll regret it and disappears. Right. He uh, he has no regrets. He doesn't fear death, so he's going to continue with his plans. Mm-hmm. So, back to the X-Men. Professor X and Magneto are teaming up, 
and attempts to telepathically contact Galactus. Because, of course, Magneto can help with that. That part confused the ever-living crap out of me. It was like Professor X said he was somehow using Magneto's powers to help augment his own. Right. Which doesn't make sense. Yeah, hand wave it. It's fine. Mm -hmm. Um, It zooms back to the heroes, however. Yeah, uh, Captain America's team. So Reed Richards also thinks that he can communicate with Galactus because he once saved Galactus' life. Yeah, back in Fantastic Four 244. But Galactus is basically ignoring Reed Richards, who got really stretchy and tall and is just kind of waving at him. Professor X and Magneto really aren't having much luck either. However, with the combination of all of this, Galactus eventually notices them trying to... Yeah, Magneto and Professor Xavier. Mm -hmm. However, they have a weird feedback sort of thing, and it blows a giant hole in Magneto's base. Right. Basically, like, a telepathic beam back at them just explodes their base. Uh, But then he also kind of sends some energy towards Reed Richards as well. Not, like, lethal. Just just to to kind of knock him back. Like, the way you kind of bat away a fly. Yeah. So both the attempts on the different heroes part to get Galactus's attention basically just completely failed. Mm -hmm. Reed Richards is correctly worried that Galactus has noticed them. You know, he he wanted Galactus to notice them, but he wanted him, Galactus to notice them and then talk with them. Right. Where instead Galactus notices them and sends them a giant robot to fight. <laughs> yes. So he sends a huge robot to the village that Captain America's team is at. Yeah, this robot looks pretty cool. He's got like a weird sort of spiky helmet and some spikes on his legs. Otherwise, he looks a little Ultron-y. Yeah, a little bit. Kind of like much, a, much bigger. He looks looks buff. Like Ultron Hulk. Yeah. Hulktron. Yeah. Yeah. So they kind of get beat down, but then Cap suggests teamwork. Cap's all about that teamwork. After he bats the Hulk away and kind of shoots this paralysis goop at a bunch of the other heroes out of his mouth. Right. Um, it, there's a sweet team up between the thing the Human Torch, and Captain America. Yeah, so through the power of teamwork, uh, they start to make some progress. Yeah, Human Torch shoots fiery rays through his mouth until he, like, blows up. Mm-hmm. Teamwork makes the dream work. A teamwork does make the dream work. So as soon as they've defeated the robot, however, they don't have any time to rest. The villains are back in another one of those kind of crazy, like... War of the Worlds, AT-AT Walker things. Mm-hmm. It, it's very much reminiscent of their very first attack. Yes. Um, however, while the villains are attacking the heroes, Doctor Doom is kind of biding his time in a ship for purposes unknown, but apparently a split second is all he needs as he eyes Galactus through his view screen. Mm-hmm. So, there's something I have issue with. Okay. Doctor Doom has thought bubbles. Oh, as opposed to saying it out loud? He thinks it. He doesn't say it out loud. I I think that's a mistake. Yeah, no, um, guys, readers, he says it out loud. He says it out loud. Yeah. <laughs> Dr. Ock, uh, back at the battle, uh, directs the heroes to go for Captain America, basically saying, without Captain America reminding them to use teamwork, they're useless, you know? I mean, they still have the Hulk and Thor. <laughs> so they're blasting away at all of the heroes. Yeah, Ultron's energy rays and Volcana's thermal blasts give them a mighty blow. Right, where Volcana says, Whoa, looks like we're a devastating combination, Ulti. (laughs) You know, Ultron needed a cute nickname. Of course. Finally, to be useful, the X-Men show up. I know, right, when the other heroes were going to make a last stand. Right, so the X-Men show up from behind, catching the villains by surprise, and... They, they do some good work. Professor X, I like this little bit. He, uh, Rogue is flying with Storm, uh, which at this point, Rogue does not always have these powers, but at this point, Rogue still has Miss Marvel's powers of flight and super strength. Right. She absorbed Carol Danvers' powers and some of her personality at some her, point. Her memories. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so she has all that. So she's flying with Storm, and Professor X telepathically warns her that she's falling behind, and Rogue basically brushes him off and smashes a huge boulder that was thrown at her. I thought that was maybe a house. 
one of the villagers' <gasps> homes. It is one of the villagers' homes. And I was very concerned about some some poor villagers that were still inside that house. Mm-hmm. What is a war without innocent bystanders? Yeah, Captain Marvel said that last mm-hmm. issue. So Colossus is also doing some solid work as well. Yep. The, you are what keeps me from my Katya, he says. Mm-hmm. And Storm. I love Storm's line. The elements marshal their infinite might at my beckoning. Power seethes in the roiling clouds. Now, at my command, strike. Yeah, I know this came out in 1984, but this might as well have come out. Might as well have come out in 1992 with the <laughs> X Men cartoon where Storm is totally being that character. Normally, Storm is not quite that dramatic. Uh, so everybody is in awe of Storm's power over the weather, uh, except for Thor. Of course. He's like, whatevs. I'm, yeah. I'm good. And uh, Galactus. Uh, Galactus is still in somewhat awe of it. He turns his head for a moment. Yeah, he's distracted by this storm a little bit. Which gives Doctor Doom just enough time to like light speed zip his little ship into Galactus's big home base. Uh-huh. At tachyon speed. Yeah, tachyons are particles that's, that are theoretical that can kind of like blink and from anywhere in the universe. So tachyon speed literally means like instantaneously. I feel like I hear about tachyons in comics more than I hear about them anywhere else. In Star Trek a little bit, they they, mm. have, they talk about tachyons. And then in, um, in Babylon 5, you know, my very favorite. So Colossus gets himself in a bit of trouble. Cyclops saves him. And at this point, the Enchantress decides that the heroes are just too much. This X-Men team and Captain America's team, all of them combined, they're just too much. So she poofs and teleports all the villains away. Yeah. However, it looks like Colossus is injured. Right. Uh, Yeah. So Colossus was hurt, even though Cyclops kind of intervened on his behalf. He was still hurt pretty badly. and. The Wrecking Crew is kind of whopping on him. In kind of a weird move, it seems like all of the X-Men get back onto the ship and leave Colossus. Yeah. And a lot of the X-Men are not okay with it, but Professor X sort of has this explanation of, well, it wasn't safe to move him. That's how badly he was injured. And I know that there's a healer in that village, so he'd be better off there. Yeah, he says that he thinks the X-Men group works better as, like, a third team that can kind of swoop in whenever they feel like it. Right. Like, he still doesn't want to join back up with Captain America's team. He still doesn't feel like they belong there. But, like, they couldn't have hung out for a little bit. Maybe discuss some plans? Nope. He's like, nope, we came in, we did our job, we're leaving, and we're leaving a man behind. It just seemed very strange to me. Right. Well, so while Colossus is injured, of course they have to get Jaji the healer to help him out. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Colossus is like, no, whoa, who are you? Back away. So she kind of passes him up and heals Spider-Man. And kind of after Colossus sees this and kind of looks at her, he's like, oh, she's really pretty. And I guess she did some good work with Spider-Man. So I guess it'd be cool if she healed me. Right. And then he is suddenly feeling more pain again. Or in my theory, pretending to feel more pain mm-hmm. again. <laughs> Oh, gosh, she's really pretty. Oh, ow. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's oh, exactly So much it. worse. Yeah, because he's getting jealous of Jaji and Johnny together. Stop looking at him that way. Right. Says. And then, then we've got the, oh, ow, ow. Yeah. Uh, and she comes over to him and just thinks that she is, like, the best. He even notes that looking at how beautiful she is, he can't even picture Kitty Pride's face anymore. <sighs> Scandal. Right. Can't picture her actual face or her old face that he's imagined. That he has, yeah, cooked up. <laughs> uh, so Jaji heals him mm-hmm. with her magical kind of healing powers. We cut over to Galactus, who is making his yeah. world-eating machine. Mm-hmm. The reason why Galactus, though, is, is constructing his world-eating machine is if he eats the world they're all on, they'll all die. And he wins. Yes. So Doom is on Galactus's ship. And he is soliloquying again, as he should be. Yes. He wants to, and this, he's talking out loud, thank God, no thought bubbles. Yeah, soliloquy. Out loud. You don't soliloquy in your head. Maybe you don't. <laughs> and explains how he got on there and talks about how, like, the, the, about the grandeur of the ship that he's mm-hmm. on. And he basically calls himself a virus to the ship. 
mm-hmm. and that he will find a way through the ship to grow stronger. However, and... the it kind of ends on this last panel, and he goes, oh, "What's this?" And it appears mm-hmm. maybe he's found something. Mm-hmm. We have we have some pretty good endings of oh, what's coming next. Yeah, these Secret Wars issues end on some real cliffhangers. All right, so now we've got accolades. Accolades. So, best line here. My best line's from Iron Man. Oh, yeah? Mm-hmm. His line, uh, let me get this straight. A guy who can burst into flames has doubts that this broad from planet Mongo can help this mutant dude. Thank God he ain't black, huh? Yeah, that was a pretty good line. <laughs> and the Human Torch is, like, immediately on the defensive afterwards. He's like, whoa, 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 that's not what I meant. Because right. Human Torch had said, like, maybe she can't heal mutants. Right. And it was, yeah. Because like, they're, like, a different species. Right. Which, in Marvel Comics, they are, they're technically a different species, but it doesn't make sense. I mean, she's an alien. They're all different species from her. Yeah. Well, Johnny's not smart. <laughs> um, my best line was from Piledriver, when he's threatening... Uh, molecule man he says <laughs> let's rearrange his face molecules <laughs> which is like something a bully would say and it was really good my greatest hero and coolest moment are kind of the same thing so do you want to do your greatest hero first sure my greatest hero um i liked the thing the thing had a moment where he held down that we kind of we kind of very quickly ran over this but in that teamwork moment after captain america throws his shield through the robot's eye the robot that galactus sent down the thing kind of holds him down and mm. is is having like a real thing moment of like i'm never going to give up and then that's when torch like dumps fire into his mouth and yeah. it, it was just real the thing and i loved it okay so my greatest hero and also coolest moment were the x-men as a whole I said they were my greatest hero because they came in and they saved the day. Mm, and the coolest moment was them saving the day. Saving the day. The day. Okay. Right. Right. So I couldn't pick just dipping. one. Yeah, double dipping a little bit here. So what was your coolest moment? My coolest moment was the panel. There's a specific panel where the robot from Galactus's ship shoots that paralysis goop on all of them. And it just looks very visually stunning and kind of cool. Um, and I didn't know that it was originally supposed to be paralysis goop. And I thought when I saw the panel that he was dumping plasma on them because it kind of looked like they were burning. Oh. There's just the goop on them. Yeah. And I was like, oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> so the Crusher Creel Award for Silly Villainy. Molecule Man making the chariot for Volcana and he to fly away in. That's pretty good. My moment of silly villainy was Doctor Doom at the very end soliloquying about him being a virus on Galactus's ship and him seizing hold of his destiny and all that. Because it's like a whole page of it. <laughs> and it was some it was some real Doctor Doom at his finest. Oh yes. Alright, well, um, That'll, I guess, wrap us up for uh, this episode of Chris's on Infinite Earths. Next week, we're going to be covering issues six and seven. Yeah. So thank you so much for listening. Remember, on Twitter, we are at Chris's Pod. We are at Chris's Pod on Facebook as well. Please tweet at us. Follow us uh, for updates and other fun tidbits. Yeah. Um, also, please, um, we talked about it at the top of the hour, but please rate and review us on iTunes. Five star reviews and good or five star reviews are what kind of keeps us up there on the charts, and then other people can see us, so we can get a lot more listeners. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so please, uh, please share us in any way that you can, so we can reach the ears as of as many people as possible. Until next time, slay your enemies, and all you desire shall be yours.